Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Tuesday edition of the show. Glad to have you with us as always in this hour each day. We talk IU basketball, football, and local sports, and there is plenty to get to. Lots to get to here on this Tuesday edition of the program. Let's quickly look at the Honey Baked Tam show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one, who's your headlines of the day? A lot of recruiting stuff, which is Kind of become par for the course the last few weeks. Indiana involved with so many different prospects. A lot of campus visits this past weekend. More coming up later this month. And Mike Woodson and Yasir Rosemond hitting the road yesterday to go up to Laporte La Lemire. And tonight, or excuse me, tomorrow they'll be in New York to meet with Boogie Flan. So we'll update you on all the recruiting stuff. I know a lot of people want to know where things stand on the big names that were on campus over the weekend, what's next for them as far as visits go and where Indiana stands, and we'll go through all of that coming up here in segment number one. Also in our headlines today, a couple IU football notes. Taven Jackson, as we mentioned yesterday during our show, confirmed as the starting quarterback for IU moving forward. He will be QB1 for the IU-Louisville game coming up on Saturday And we got some other news yesterday. According to the Indianapolis Star, the Indiana Football Series, which was originally going to be a three-game series, then I think back in August, early August, we found out Indiana was only going to play Louisville one more time after this season in 2024. But the Indianapolis Star reporting yesterday that it's going to be a one-game deal. When the teams play this weekend at Lucas Oil Stadium, that's it. Uh, Indiana backing out of that contract is going to have to pay and is going to have to pay a one million dollar penalty for that. So you can bet we'll talk some about that today. Indiana taking a little beating on social media for canceling out a series that I think fans really would like to see. I know a lot of people are excited about the rivalry aspect of IU and U of L this weekend, but we'll, we'll chat more about that coming up here in just a bit. And a couple local notes as well: Rondale Moore, Floyd Central Football. If we have time to work those in the first segment, we will. Later in the show, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is with me. Mike is a regular guest on Tuesdays. We'll talk through IU football, where things stand headed into the Louisville game this weekend. And we'll talk the news of the IU-Louisville cancellation moving forward after this season. And I'm sure we'll get into some hoops and recruiting with Mike when he joins us today as well. In our final segment today, really excited about this guest, Braden Hobbs. Very familiar name to basketball here in our area. 
He was an outstanding high school player, really one of the best high school players in my time in southern Indiana. He would be up there not far behind Romeo, to be quite honest. He's going to join our program because Braden, who's been out of the country now for so many years, just retired from a super successful, long, overseas, international basketball career. He's now back living with his family here in Floyd County, and it's great to have him back. But wanted to kind of recap the years that he had overseas. So many great experiences, I know, for him and his family, both on and off the court. So Braden Hobbs, former New Albany player, can't leave out. He was a national champion at Bellarmine and helped the Bellarmine program really elevate from great Division II status as one of the best Division II programs in the country. Kind of that that group helped spur the success and the momentum and the interest to make Bellarmine basketball and athletics a Division I program. So we'll talk with him about all that, but great to catch up with a local guy that's went abroad, had success playing the game of basketball, and it's going to be really interesting to see what is next for Braden Hobbs. I'm looking forward to talking with him a little bit later today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Why not try Honey Baked Ham today for a delicious lunch? They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily and will surely satisfy any craving you may have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages as well. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think that you'll be glad that you did. You can send a question, a comment for one of our guests, anything you want to sound off on on IU football and basketball and local sports, the number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line, and you can stop by Thornton's for an icy, cold thirst quencher, which will help your day keep going in the right direction. Right now, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and send me a text on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We've got a slew of Hoosier headlines to get to today. First, we start off with the IU coaching staff. They have been very busy. Yesterday, Coach Woodson and Yasir Roseman were on the road. They traveled to northwestern Indiana to Laporte Lalamere. That's the elite-level high school program in Laporte. They are not a member of the IHSA. They play a national schedule. They're often seen on television. Their roster from top to bottom of their elite team, their best team, is really unbelievable how many good players uh, in a quick amount of time as Lalamere has come on the scene as a very elite-level high school program. It's amazing the number of players they've been able to gather year after year to have really good teams on the national high school basketball scene. Unfortunately for high school hoops in our state, uh, they're sometimes plucking some of the better players like Jalen Harrelson, who Mike Woodson was there to see yesterday. Harrelson was probably a front runner, if not a lock. Maybe Trent Sisley could battle him for that uh, when he was at Fishers, but he went to Lavalbeer in the offseason. There's another top 20 national prospect. Both of these guys in 2025, that class, named Darius Adams, uh, that is number eight in the country. And, of course, Harrelson is highly ranked as well. But uh, Lalamere, uh, home of Woodson and Yasir Roseman, at least yesterday, as they took in some open gym and some practices there. And uh, two guys that Indiana has keyed on. But 
people really interested in Jalen Harrelson. He's an Indiana kid. He came up through the Fishers program with a lot of uh, great publicity. And people, the gist I get, he, he is, to me, one of the top prospects out there right now for Indiana. I know a lot of the focus is on some of the 2024 guys, as it should be, but Coach Woodson and Roseman at Lalamere yesterday to watch Harrelson and also Adams. There are some other players at Lalamere as well. I'm sure they were watching in on, but those are the two big names. Harrelson, obviously the big one in the 2025 class, along with Trent Sicily, who's still down at Heritage Hills. And speaking of him, I saw that yesterday Tom Izzo and the Iowa coaching staff and others were there to watch a Heritage Hills fall practice. So it's that time of year where not only are campus visits taking place, but Coaches are hitting the road, getting out, seeing some of these players in their high school gyms as well. And tomorrow, Mike Woodson and Yasir Roseman are scheduled to be in New York and have an in-home visit with Boogie Fland. Uh, And then the next day, Coach Woodson is scheduled to speak at a coaching clinic, which will take place at Archbishop Stepanak High School in New York which is where Flan, the six foot three point guard, attends high school. So Coach Woodson knocking out two stones, or I should say two birds with one stone, getting an in-home visit on Wednesday. And excuse me, the in-home visit is tonight, and then speaking at a clinic at the high school on Wednesday. So that's a little bit a brief preview, a brief recap of what we know at least from IU recruiting activity this week. But who knows? There could be other coaches out checking out other players as well. A couple other recruiting notes. Saw yesterday Indiana offered another 2025 class member, four-star forward Jordan Scott. He's a six foot seven wing forward. He's from South Lakes High School in Reston, Virginia. He is the number 80th ranked player according to 247 Sports. And as I mentioned, a six foot seven long, lanky wing forward. So another name and a newer name to add to the 2025 class for the Hoosiers. And then one other recruiting note of interest, uh, Arkansas got a commitment from a top 50 player yesterday. I believe it's Jalay Shelley, who's a wing forward. And that could knock Anor Boateng out of the race for the Razorbacks. So that could help Indiana's chances. Boateng is scheduled to be in Bloomington later in September. Uh, his high school coach joined our program a few weeks ago. It sounds like after that last visit, he is set to make a decision within a few weeks after that. So maybe the in-state, the homeschool Arkansas, getting a commitment from a similar position player uh, could affect Indiana's chances in a positive way. So we'll keep an eye on things with Boateng, but he is a very intriguing prospect in the class of 2024. And with all the visits yesterday, uh, all the visits yesterday or over the weekend, I should say, for Indiana, uh, fans want to know what's next. Is somebody going to commit to the program? That's a common question that we get. Well, Liam McNeely, who maybe is the top prospect out of the three for Montverde Academy that was in Bloomington over the weekend, he still has one official visit remaining. He is going to go to Texas on September 22nd, and then people think he will make a decision after that. Curtis Gibbons, he has a Memphis visit that same weekend that McNeely will be in Texas, and then Queen has a visit in Maryland in October. Yesterday, Jeff Rabjohns on this program told us he thought McNeely could make a decision later this month by early October that Queen's recruitment 
could play out for a while. He still has the Maryland visit in October, and then I saw yesterday Queen is also scheduled an official visit to Houston, which is going to take place at some point in the early point of October as well. So a lot of moving pieces right now, a lot of campus visits, in-home visits, coaches hitting high schools for practices and open gyms, but you, it just does feel like in the next month or so we'll know a little bit more about some of these names. Maybe a commitment, maybe a list cut, uh, who knows, but we'll find out how it plays out for McNeely, Queen, and Givens who were all on the IU campus over the weekend. A couple IU football notes. Taven Jackson, who during our show yesterday was being interviewed as the new starting quarterback for the Hoosiers. This is what you like to hear, but he said it's a dream come true for him to be named officially the IU starting quarterback. And I thought this was interesting as well. Coach Allen said yesterday that he plays in games better than he practices. And I've heard that and seen that before across different scenarios in sports, but that is an interesting thing. He plays in games better than he practices, talking about Jackson. So he will be the starter for Indiana when they take on Louisville coming up this weekend. And speaking of the Louisville series, according to sources, the Indianapolis Star reported yesterday that IU has withdrawn from a scheduled 2024 road game in its three-year football series with Louisville. The second series uh, was uh, canceled, I think, maybe a month or so ago. The Bloomington Herald-Times was the first to report that. So we thought we had one game left in this IU-Louisville series. Now we have none after this weekend's game at Lucas Oil Stadium. Indiana will have to pay a $1 million penalty for canceling the contract. And uh, But the school said, according to a source, uh, again, all Indianapolis Star reporting here, that IU will add a home game very likely that season against an FCS, not an FBS opponent. And the revenue from the new home game will basically cover or is expected to cover the cancellation penalty of $1 million. So uh, we'll talk to Mike Schumann in the next segment. I know that there are some rules that the college football playoff has in place about scheduling, uh, limiting the number of FCS teams, that non-conference games you can play. Obviously, national championship in Indiana football doesn't go together, at least for me, anytime soon. But does this have to do with the Big Ten expanding and a rougher, tougher schedule? What could the details here be? So Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join us in the next segment to discuss that. Also, uh, the kickoff time for IU football, the Week 4 game against Akron, it is now set for 7.30 at Memorial Stadium for those of you that have tickets and plan on making the road trip to Bloomington. A couple other local headlines I want to get to in this first segment. Rondell Moore, New Albany product, finished his high school football career at Trinity High School over in Louisville. He uh, has a uh, uh, he started the season for the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, and he had three catches for 33 yards and two rushes for 12 yards in Arizona's season-opening loss at Washington on Sunday. That was a 20-16 to final score. But Rondell Moore in the NFL, back for another year with the Cardinals, Arizona, We'll take on the New York Giants coming up Sunday at 4.05. It's really cool to have a local guy in the NFL. And Rondell's a player. We'll see if he can find his way and have a lengthy or some good longevity to a professional football career. But he is out in Arizona getting some opportunities with the Cardinals. One high school football note I wanted to mention. We recapped the uh, Friday night games yesterday on the show. But 
Tell you what, Floyd Central with that unbelievable comeback on Friday night, a 50-47 comeback win over Saturday. They took maybe their first step and a big one to a Hoosier Hills Conference championship. It is possible for Floyd Central, if you just look at the early scores from conference games so far, the scores would point that Floyd Central would be a heavy favorite against Jeffersonville, who's yet to win a game. The scores would point to the fact that Floyd Central should be the favorite over Columbus East, who is just 1-3 on the season and lost to Seymour a couple weeks ago, 41-26. The scores would show that Floyd Central very likely a favorite over Bedford North Lawrence, who is 2-2 two two on the season and has beaten both Jeffersonville and New Albany. And you've got Jennings County. That could be an interesting game. The Panthers 2-2, two two, but they were defeated by New Albany and Columbus East. And then New Albany. And so that's, that's the remaining schedule the rest of the way. All Hoosier Hills Conference games. But I think if I had to pick them right now, I would say that Floyd Central is the clear favorite in all of those contests. And if they could win out that 50-47 comeback win on September 8th, week four of the season could be where we point to as the pivotal game in the Hoosier Hills Conference standings and the battle for a championship this season. Now, there's always the chance of upsets. It's still early in the year. You never know how things are going to shake out, but Floyd Central football becoming a real storyline here locally to follow, as is Providence, undefeated, headed into a big game coming up Friday night with Charlestown. That's a look at our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join the latest on IU football. What's going on with the cancellation of the Louisville series? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about IU and Louisville this weekend, basketball, recruiting, and more. And still ahead, later in the show, Braden Hobbs, retired recently from international basketball, New Albany graduate, Bellarmine success story. He'll join us today on the show as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Mike Schumann of The Daily Hoosier with me in this segment, thedailyhoosier.com, and uh, at daily underscore Hoosier is how you can follow him on social media. Mike, I want to talk IU football, and I want to get to the big IU-Louisville game that has so much importance I think for really both teams and the Hoosiers this weekend. But before we do that, a report yesterday from the Indianapolis Star that not just the third game, but now the second game of the IU-Louisville series is going to be canceled at the request of Indiana. IU will have to pay a forfeiture fee, a cancellation fee uh, in that uh, contract of a million dollars. And fans are only going to be treated to one rivalry-type game between Indiana and Louisville 
and it's going to be this weekend. What's your take on that, and any insight on why Indiana is backing out of this IU-Louisville series that fans have been so excited about? Yeah, I think the main thing is when that deal was negotiated several years ago, it was right around the time the Big Ten was you know, looking at expanding uh, from eight conference games to nine, um, you know, and I think it's just gotten to the point with Indiana where it's, you know, they now play the nine Big Ten games every year. Those are nine uh, games for them, obviously, that are, are always going to be challenging, even if you're talking about the lower levels of the Big Ten. I mean, there's, as all IU fans know, there, there's no easy games in the Big Ten for them, even if you're talking about, you know, the Rutgers or uh, Maryland's or Northwestern's of the world. So, um, so, so it just comes down to math, you know. If you, if you want to make a bowl game every year, and you know you've got nine stacked against you that are probably going to be a best, you know, a push, and some, you know, go in the category with an Ohio State, et cetera. Of, you know, what you're not, you're just not going to win that game. I mean, obviously, nobody within IU is going to come out and say it quite like that, but that's kind of the reality that that IU football is in right now. You want to have at least three games where, you know, you, you feel like you've got a good shot. You're not, you know, shooting yourself in the arm by playing a team like a Louisville or um, it'll be interesting to see what they do down the road because they've got other games like this already scheduled. They've got a home-and-home home with Virginia. They've got a home-and-home home with Notre Dame down the road. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, but I think that's the spirit of what's going on is they, they just don't want to have a schedule stacked against them like that. Yeah, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. From a fan perspective, um, it it's disappointing. From a um, understanding IU football, where the program's at, the challenges of the Big Ten Conference, and what's ahead in that conference as well, I think it makes all the sense in the world. So I think you're right. I didn't think about that at first, but not just this Louisville series, but some of the other games Indiana has announced. Because, Mike, it's amazing. Nowadays in college football, they schedule out so far in some of these non-conference games, it'll be curious to see if Indiana makes any other adjustments or cancellations while they still can. Yeah, I think that Notre Dame series is out in 2030 and 2031, so you're right. It's way out there. Um, you know, I, I think from a fan perspective, it's, it's kind of a lose-lose sort of for Indiana. I mean, if they... If they stack their schedule the way it used to be with Louisville and Kentucky and, and some of the other series that, that, that they had in the past, I, I, and they consistently you know, missed bowl games, um, I think the fans would be upset about that. And there would be a significant portion of the fan base that would say, you know, why, why are we playing these games when we can never get to six wins? And on the other hand, I think there's understandable frustration when the non-conference schedule isn't a real interesting or exciting uh, group, group of three games. But if you look around the country, I think that's the trend that most teams are following. They're not overly burdening, burdening themselves with you know really difficult non-conference games. Uh, so I don't think it's just Indiana that's doing this, and I do think it's part of a larger trend. It's, it is interesting, though, that they're paying money to get out of this Louisville contract, and then they'll have to turn around and pay a significant sum to get a, a, a lower-level FBS or FCS school to, to come to Bloomington to fill that gap as well. So it's it's not an insignificant financial undertaking for IU by any stretch. 
Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us for starting our conversation today on IU football. Let's get into IU and Louisville this weekend at Lucas Oil Stadium. A lot of people excited about this game. This is really important. This game has a lot of implications, I think, on how things could go from this week forward for the Hoosiers. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I, I laid out, I think there's seven games starting with this week that are going to basically make or break Indiana season. Um, you know, we're those, certainly one of them. But I think the, um, the point spread in this game is really interesting. I've seen it, you know, on an average of around Louisville being a, a 10-point favorite. I've seen some of the analytical models favoring Louisville even more. Um, so, so maybe I'm grossly mistaking, mistaken in thinking that this is a, a game that Indiana legitimately has a shot to win. Um, you know, Tom Allen's history against Jeff Brown is obviously not, not real good. I think he's one in four uh, from the time when they went head-to-head in the IU Purdue series. So there's clearly some things that, that he's going to have to figure out when it comes to slowing down uh, Louisville's offense, which in many ways is a uh, replica of what he was doing at Purdue and even before. And he's got, as your listeners know, he's got a former Purdue quarterback down there. They're leading the way, so it's a nice, easy a natural transition for him to get somebody that knows his offense. I think that's probably helped them uh, to get off to a fast start. So um, I think the the thing that's going to be interesting to me is how good is Indiana's defense? You know, I thought that they surprised a lot of folks against Ohio State, and they obviously pitched a shutout against Indiana State, which I think most people would have expected. I used defense to to do really well in that game, but perhaps not a shutout and perhaps not holding them under 100 yards. So uh, this is going to be at least as big of a test, in my opinion, as as, uh, Ohio State because the Buckeyes were still kind of figuring out their quarterback situation and still having some O-line issues. I think that's where this game against Louisville might come down to is, you know, I think Indiana's defensive line is actually pretty good. There was some preseason hype about that, but they are – you know, flashing, you know, guys like Andre Carter, Marcus Burris, and others are showing some real potential. If they can really uh, get some pressure on the quarterback, um, I think it, they could at least make it interesting. They're, they're going to have to generate takeaways, in my opinion, to, to, to stay in this game against Louisville. Talking with Mike Schumann. Mike is the editor of the Daily Hoosier, and he joins us Tuesdays. We talk IU football and basketball. Mike, we got to get to hoops now because – Recruiting is hot and heavy. Indiana coaches, after a big weekend, actually a big couple weekends of some visits to campus, and there's more of that to come, they now have hit the road yesterday to see some players up in Laporte at Lalamere and uh, headed to New York today for an in-home visit and opportunity to speak at a coaches clinic in New York is Mike Woodson. He'll beat with Boogie Fland and his family before speaking at Archbishop Stepanak High School tomorrow. Uh, that's par for the course this time of year. Campus visits during home football games and a lot of traveling to get out, whether it's in-state or beyond, to see some of these key players in 24 and 25. Yeah, I'm still waiting to figure out when the downtime window is for <laughs> the life of a college basketball coach. I, I know there used to be a pretty healthy window there in the, the summer, but that's pretty pretty much all dissipated at this point. Yeah, you're, you're right. They are all on the road right now, and the, the headline visit is, as you mentioned, uh, Mike Woodson out in New York to, to visit with Boogie Fland. Um, it's going to be real interesting to see how his recruitment evolves here over the next month. He's 
coming fresh off a visit to Kentucky over the weekend, uh, and Calipari is out there in New York uh, visiting with Fland as well, along with Alabama's Nate Oates, and Fland is scheduled to go out to Alabama this weekend. So um, I, I think those might be the, the main three contenders. He's got a group of eight that he named a, a month or two ago. Um, but, you know, how this thing boils down, I, I will tell you, I've watched Flynn play on multiple occasions. He's the type of guard that, like, you, the first time you see him, you think, man, man, those are the guys I've seen play for, like, a North Carolina or a Duke or Kentucky over the last decade. Just a game-changing guard that can just score in a number of ways. He's not selfish either. He's a good facilitator. He would be a massive, massive get for Indiana. I know we're talking a lot about these Montbird kids, and it's easy to, to lose sight of Boogie Flam, but if, if Woodson can pull that one off, that would be a huge win for, for Indiana to get a kid like that because they just haven't had a lot of guards here in the last, uh, I'll go back even 20 years, who are just that wired like Flame is wired to, to score, to, to facilitate, to just really take over games uh, the, the way we've seen guys do on some of the best teams here of late. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Three big players on campus over the weekend, McNeely, Queen, and Givens. All of them have some number of official visits still left later this month or into October. Um, McNeely, after his next visit to Texas, do you expect him to be the first of that group to make an announcement on where he's going to go to school? I do. I think he'll probably announce sometime in October would be my uh, educated guess at, at this point in time. As you said, he's got the visit to Texas September 22nd. Uh, I think that's going to be it for his visits. He, he got in the Kansas visit, which was a little bit surprising, at least to me anyway, because uh, Kansas hadn't had a lot of buzz, but, you know, it's, you know, it's Bill Self, it's Kansas. They, they don't have to probably work as hard as others to kind of weave their way into a schedule and, and make a push. I, I think, you know, just getting to know him over the last year, uh, getting to know his family a little bit, they are very, very much a basketball-oriented family. Um, a lot of D1 players, including his mother. Um, so th- this is a group that highly values a basketball school, in my opinion, I think that's resonated on their multiple Indiana visits. I think it resonated on the Kansas visit. Um, so we'll see how much Texas matters. Uh, I think, but I think in any event, I think Indiana continues to be in a really good spot there, and I, and I think we'll find out here in the next month or so. Now that this monster weekend of visits is out of the way for Indiana, I know they've got some other campus visits from various players coming up at future home football games. Any big ones stand out to you over the rest of the month or into early October? I mean, definitely the, the biggest one, just because he's 2024, is Honor Bating out of Arkansas. That's September 29th. Um, uh, another one that you know, hasn't been super high profile in terms of kind of where he's leaning or where he's going to go. But according to to what I've learned, Indiana is his last official visit. Um, He knows Kolo Ware from his, you know, they're both from Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, I I think Indiana's a a legit contender there. So he's another top 30 kid, uh, you know, Real, real potential real dif- difference maker as well. You talk about him, Land McNeely, Queen, and Givens. I think those are your your five right now that Indiana's you know 
legitimately in the hot four and uh, probably, you know, those are probably the main five that they are contenders for at this point in time in the class of 2024. You get, you get at least two of those guys, especially the five stars, and you've got the foundation for a great 2024 class. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, he's with us Tuesdays on the show. Mike, uh, as we exit today's interview, do you have a feel, a prediction on Saturday's IU football game? <laughs> That's a tough one. I think <laughs> I, I think it could all come down to, to Taven Jackson. I mean, he, he's got the, the starting job now. He's got a full week to prepare. He, he's going back into a building where, where he's actually played quite a few times. I don't know if people realize that. You know, he was a quarterback of Center Grove High School and south of Indianapolis and played in multiple state championship games at Lucas Oil Stadium. So it's not foreign to him. They also practiced there a few weeks ago. So can he lead this team in his first career, technically not his first career start, but first career start as the, you know, undisputed starter. He's got no competition. He's not coming out unless unless it goes really bad. Can, can he put points on the board? Because this is going to... You know, I, I don't think Indiana can win this game unless they, you know, score three or probably four touchdowns at a minimum. Uh, and, and some of those might have to come from the defense. So I, I think Taven's going to have to really be sharp and really be ready to, to put up a lot of points against what no doubt is a good Louisville offense. All right. Uh, by the way, the line as of a little earlier, uh, Louisville a 10-and-a-half point favorite in that game Saturday against Indiana. Mike, as always, thanks for the chat. We'll catch up with you next week. Okay, Matt. Talk to you then. All right. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. He's with us Tuesdays. We'll head to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk with a basketball legend here in southern Indiana, Braden Hobbs, graduate of New Albany High School, national champion at Bellarmine and just retired from an outstanding overseas basketball career. We'll catch up with him after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Tuesday program. Thornton's text line open, the number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And in this final segment of our Tuesday show, a really great guest, Braden Hobbs, New Albany graduate, Bellarmine national champion and overseas pro for many, many years. What a career he had overseas. Recently announced his retirement. He is back here in southern Indiana, and he joins us today just to catch up and recap what was a fabulous professional career playing basketball. Braden, congratulations and welcome home. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, thanks for having me as well. Absolutely. Just for people that, uh, I know a lot of people kept up with you, but for people that couldn't track every game or every move, 
when I look back at your overseas career, the number of countries, the number of teams, the different experiences that you as a basketball player and more so your family overall got to experience overseas uh, had to be unimaginable. Can you tell us the number of countries and some of the most unique stops that you had over this great career? Yeah, I think I played in, oh man, it's been so long. I played 11 years. Um, I think I stayed in over 40 countries in Europe and uh, throughout the uh, the world. Um, I started my career in Australia, so I played on three different teams in Australia. I played on a team in, uh, two teams in Spain, one in Hungary, and uh, eight years in Germany. So yeah, it was a crazy adventure, but yeah, three kids later, we're back here in southern Indiana. So it was yeah, a good experience. Great stuff. Braden Hobbs with me here on this Tuesday show. Braden, uh, for people that don't follow international basketball outside of maybe the World Cup or the Olympics, how does it differ from college hoops and professional hoops here in America? Um, I mean, as far as the level, it's just, I mean, it's all Division I recruits over there that are playing professionally. Um, Being Division II myself over at Bellarmine, it was kind of a, I was a rare breed over there, I guess you could say. So, um, yeah, I mean, as far as basketball-wise, it's more of um, structured basketball, more passing, um, really good shooters on every team. Um, Skill level is probably not as high as something in the NBA, but, I mean, the guys in your league are a lot of ex-NBA players anyway. So um, I had one-year experience with that with Bayern Munich, and, um, yeah, I mean, compared – for the low level, I guess the worst teams. I say the best teams in your league could probably compete with the, the lower level teams in uh, the NBA. So, um, yeah, great players over there, great experience, and um, yeah, I was playing basketball at the highest level throughout Europe. Braden, when you think back to your time at New Albany High School as a standout there, and then you moved on to Bellarmine, and we'll talk about that. But you had some outstanding success there. Did you ever think that basketball would be such a big part of your life beyond those high school and college years? I'm sure you had aspirations to play professional at some level, but did you ever think it would be 11 seasons and all these experiences? It's funny you say that because I talk to my wife about it all the time. We never, yeah, never dreamed it'd last as long. We just wanted to kind of give it a give it a go. I talked to David Scott a lot about playing overseas. He was in. Uh, south america playing so i was like oh what the heck i'll give it a give it a try and now we're 11 years later it's, it was a crazy experience but even in college i really didn't even think about it until my senior year to be honest with you so um i took a uh, test here to be a conservation officer i thought i was going to do the criminal justice route and 11 years later i'm looking back at it. i'm glad i glad i didn't uh, pursue that part of it and uh yeah i'm glad i took that step over in europe all right, I got to ask you. I know that professional basketball overseas is over, but will Braden Hobbs play here for fun, or will we see you around the game of basketball at all, or is it too early to think about that? Um, I mean, I'm still playing Monday nights, um, just open gym type stuff, and there's a couple open gyms in Louisville that I'll probably start playing in a little bit more. But right now, I I don't know. I hope Bellarmine can get a team in the CBC. Um, Next year, that's that's kind of what the talks are um, going about. So that would be awesome to get that, get my foot in the door, and be able to play competitively one more time, and then hang it up after that. Probably, probably focus on golf. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you now that you're back and have some time to spend with family that maybe you haven't been able to see or hang out with as much. What do you do with this new free time that you've experienced all of a sudden? Right. So we had uh, three months off, and yeah, just catching up with family, catching up with friends. 
um, playing a lot of golf. I was playing two or three days a week uh, in the last couple couple months, so I'm um, trying to take advantage of that. You know, hunting season's coming up, so take advantage of that as well. Um, I haven't been able to do those things for about, yeah, 11, 12 years, so looking forward to getting back in the woods and playing a lot of golf. Great stuff. Braden Hobbs with us here on this Tuesday program. Braden, let's go back to high school. You played for Jim Shannon at New Albany. We're a part of some outstanding New Albany teams in your time there. Uh, reflect back on being a Bulldog and high school basketball in Indiana and how important was that base for everything you would go on to do in the sport? Yeah, I mean, it set me up. Uh, playing for Coach Shannon, he could, uh, yeah, he was a bit after, you know, we were at my, I mean, Spencer was my best friend growing up, so I was coach's son, and um, yeah, he he pushed us to the limit sometimes, and I think it was uh, beneficial in the long run. Um, yeah, playing on some great teams, some great talent, being playing, I mean, I think my senior year, we were 66-0 and going into that Brownsburg game against Gordon Hayward, so um, yeah, I mean, we played some of the best talent in, in um, basketball country, really, here in Indiana, so it's uh, there's a lot of guys still playing from Indiana overseas, and um, yeah, playing against those Tyler Zellers and stuff like that helped me, and playing AAU with some Kyle Keurig, guys like that are, that are still playing. It's uh, Yeah, it set me up for my career, and um, yeah, I'm very fortunate to have that experience. Braden, after New Albany, you went to Bellarmine. You had some Division One opportunities but chose to stay home and believe in a coach named Scott Davenport. I can still remember talking with Coach Davenport hours after you committed to Bellarmine, and he was thrilled and excited and uh, was just really, I think, couldn't believe that he was able to land you there. Uh, you go on to win a national championship there. You helped lead that team along with another uh, handful of Southern Indiana players, and I'm sure some of your great friends probably still to this day. But uh, yeah. the Bellman time, the national championship, I'd just like you to reflect back on that as well. What a special time for you and for that university, and now you see where they're at now. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, uh, it was crazy. It was like a whirlwind. It happened so fast. Um, yeah, we had uh, Justin Benedetti from Providence, Jeremy Kendall from um, Jeff, and then we had Luke Sprague that played in Castle down in Evansville. Um, those are four of the starters we had on that team. The other one was Nick Holmes from um, from Cincinnati. Um, yeah, so we just had a bunch of local guys, and we played basketball the right way. It was a blast. And, yeah, like I said, I'm still in contact with all of them today. And, yeah, they're, they're all doing well and great family guys. And yeah, I mean, we made friendship for life, and we always say it was a brotherhood. We, yeah, we wouldn't change that for anything. So it was good. Braden Hobbs joining me here on this Tuesday program. Braden, thank you so much for the time. It's great to catch up. Um, yeah, I know no you're problem, figuring things out as you move forward with uh, lots of new opportunities, but uh, great, to, great to talk and kind of reminisce here on some of your great basketball moments. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, man. It's uh, yeah, it's been a blast, and yeah, looking back, it's uh, it went quick. That's for sure. Absolutely, Braden Hobbs with us today. Braden, good luck. We'll stay in touch. Okay. All right. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. All right, Braden Hobbs. Boy, I have great memories of him as a New Albany Bulldog. And I can remember I was at the state finals with a group of coaches, and 
we watched that Bellarmine uh, afternoon Division II championship game. Unbelievable to see Braden and Benendetti and that group of Southern Jeremy Kendall, as he mentioned, and a real handful of Southern Indiana players not just uh, win a national championship, but help lead Scott Davenport and Bellarmine to a national championship that day. So special moments and what a professional career. I know a lot of people kept up with Braden, uh, but man, he played at a high level for a great number of years overseas. And kind of interesting to hear him talk about the difference in basketball between uh, the United States and Europe. And there's a whole bunch of other things I'd like to ask Braden about the differences in the European style of basketball and how they do their youth programming, to be quite honest, their high school programming compared to how we do it here. But great to catch up with him and uh, glad to see him back here in southern Indiana. I think he's a name we'll continue to hear from, that's for sure. Have a great Tuesday. Thank you so much for being with us. If you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. We're available basically anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So look us up, and we'll be back Wednesday. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star and Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will be with us on our Wednesday program. Have a great day. A little rainy, a little cloudy out there, but we'll catch up with you tomorrow here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>